Well, looks like we are live. Oh, I like how the thumbnail. Um, mm. hard, hard to get one that was of reasonable quality that encapsulated the, the film. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to Geek Out Weekly, the podcast where we geek out not so strongly mm. on a weekly basis, usually. I just realized that doesn't work when we took a week off last week. <laughs> That's okay, we're still weekly. Yeah, we're weekly, weekly. Uh, I'm your host, Adil, and I'm joined by Ben. Hey. How you doing, Ben? Yeah, good, good. All right, getting through the day. Mm. Glad I got something joyful to break it up with. Joyful, you say? Mm. Uh, what's that? Your beautiful <laughs> face. Uh, and my slightly trimmed beard. It's growing in sort of in an odd way that I'm not, like, I've never really had a longer beard. So it's trying to, mm-hmm. like, let it grow a bit more, but also figure out how to make it not look so terrible. And I think I got the, the levels wrong. I got, like, an extra peak here than there. It's, it, yeah, it's hard, to, it's hard to shape it and get it sort of symmetrical, which is why I've just... Cut mine back. I was getting so annoyed with wispiness and mm. how wavy it gets. I just yeah. The other thing I, the other thing I realized was when I, I I was cutting my like neckline the way I usually do mm-hmm. when it's quite short, and so it was like there was just no depth to the beard because I was cutting too short. So then one of the problems yes. is I now let that grow out, but that's obviously many weeks behind the other bits, and it's like oh, this is now just tangling into itself, and I don't know what I'm doing. Um, anyway, uh, speaking of not knowing what you're doing, um, people who started a amusement park didn't seem to know what they were doing, uh, and we are talking about the movie based on them! <laughs> uh, no, we're talking about Willy's Wonderland, the brand new, uh, released last week, um, Nicolas Cage film, mm-hmm. uh, which, sorry, I don't get this confused, is it Willy's Wonderland or Wally's Wonderland? Yeah, I'm. I don't know either. When you hit into uh, IMDb, it comes up saying Wally's Wonderland, and then says previous title Willy's Wonderland. But everything in that film references Willy's Wonderland. Yes. Nothing anywhere says Wally's Wonderland. It's, yeah, it's very bizarre that IMDb mm. insists that it's not. Mm-hmm. Um. But yes, so it's, I mean, it's, it stars Nicolas Cage and a bunch of actors who I don't, I'm not very familiar with, um, except a couple of character actors, like the sheriff I recognize. Yes. Similar yeah, she's roles. in tons of stuff. Yeah. Um, Wally's, oh, weird. Now MDB says Willy's Wonderland. Oh, maybe it's just a mistake. Yeah, that must have been a mistake earlier. Anyway. Um, before we get into the details, this will be a spoilery chat. Uh huh. Um, but, uh, it's, it, it, the trailer made it seem like it's sort of like a Five Nights at Freddy's, the movie. Yep. But it's kind of like, not. So, uh, I mean, have you ever, so what's, have you played any of the Five Nights at Freddy's games? Um, no, but I've watched my brother play. Like the first or second one, you know, a, a long time ago now. Mm. Um, but I, I understand the having watched him and, and seen trailers for the other ones, the premise being you are in a space watching either monitors or in some of them looking at different areas of a room and yeah. things come towards you to get you. Little animatronic bears and t- like, you know, stuffed animal kind of toys, but creepy animatronic ones this time. sorry there's a cat yelling his face off at the door it's alright cats be cats sometimes they just scream at you there he is a big old cat So you've, you've, um, a very confused cat now. Mm, you put him in his place. Yeah. Well, I mean, usually I, like, I wait for him to wander in and yell at my face for a bit. 
so I now yeah um yeah so the premise of I know I've played the first one and the second one I think mm-hmm. I mean surprising no one who knows me uh, I have all five or whatever on Steam <laughs> but I've played the first one and maybe the second one yeah. Um, and yeah, so the premise is, like, like, the first one is the iconic one. It's, like, it burst a lot of Let's Plays. Most people, I think, know it via watching someone play it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the premise is you've been hired to be a security guard at a disused uh, Chuck E. Cheese-type animatronic place. A fun restaurant, arcade Yeah, so Chuck E. Cheese, Freddy's, Willy's, they're all, like... Uh, I don't. Did you have many of these in the UK? These like no, no restaurant arcades or birthday parties happened. Um, and like you would, you, they'd have the games where you get the tickets, and then you spend the tickets on shitty prizes that cost mm-hmm. way less to buy straight from the dollar store. Yeah, we don't really have those here. You know, the the most we might have got was some employee chump dressing up as Ronald McDonald ah, at, yeah. at your McDonald's, or someone at what's the other one called? Where they do the bender and a bun. What's that place? Uh, I Futurama? But no. <laughs> but someone wasn't quite a king. What did he even dress up as? Burger I don't know, like king? a beef eater almost, but like it's not Burger King, oh. it's something else. It's like almost like a diner style place, but they used to do birthday parties as well. Yeah. UK people will remember. Mm. I don't. It's gone from my, mi- my mind. So. Uh, yeah, so this is. Um... Weird. Um, yeah, so this is uh, a, a type of park. It's it's very clearly riffing on. It was a big franchise, Chuck E. Cheese's, um, etc. Uh, hence Willy Weasel. Right? Mm-hmm. Chuck E. Cheese being a mouse, by the way. Um, and yeah, and so um, Find Out at Freddy's is based on that and the idea that um, at night these things come alive uh, and they move mostly when you don't see them. Kind of like yes, the angels from Doctor yeah. Who. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the idea is you've got limited power so you can have like your door locked or use the security cameras or turn on a light and you're trying to balance these to catch the things from moving too close to you because mm-hmm. if you catch them right at your door they'll kind of leave and then reset and so you're trying to survive till 6 in the morning sunrise um, and then uh, you do that for 5 nights and if you do you beat the game but of course, these things like do. It's basically a whole shit ton of jump scares, and you're mm. minimal. Like you're trying to manage these things, but then it's like check the vents. Ah, there's a face there. Now what do I do? Oh no, I've spent too much time looking at the guy in the vents, and I didn't check the guy at the door. And like you end up getting full on. If they catch you before you catch them, it's it's, it's like a backlit you know jump scare of this creepy animatronic going ah right. Yep. Um, and so this is clearly the premise of Willy's, right? Mm. Um, which is, you know, it, we open up on Nicolas Cage driving a, uh, sort of iridescent blue Camaro, mm-hmm. uh, and he hits a spike strip laid in the road and loses all his tires, and then a tow truck just trundles up, picks him up, doesn't seem, you know, he doesn't really, the guy just sort of keeps talking over him, uh, and takes him, he says, hey, we don't take, we have no internet in this town, we don't take card because the ATMs don't work. We only take cash. You could work it off. I know of a place. And they go to Willie's, and this guy named Tex says, I own it. Uh, I'll gladly pay for your um, car to be fixed if you just spend the night cleaning up the place in here because I want to do a new grand opening. Mm-hmm. And then he goes in, and they bas- and he basically you know puts on a Willie's shirt and starts mopping up. Um and so that's clearly the that's like that is Five Nights at so Freddy's premise, yeah absolutely except yeah. with the fact that you're sort of coerced into doing this or like mm-hmm. stumble into doing this. Um, but obviously, very shortly afterwards, Nick Cage notices they move and the, it becomes not Five Nights at Freddy's because you aren't just trying to make sure they do, you don't stop. It's not some tense thriller of ah, is it going to do it because it becomes just a notoriously amazing bloodbath. Uh, or oil bath, I guess. Oil bath, definitely an oil yeah. bath. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so uh, I like the idea of doing a familiar to youngins, like you know, latter half millennials and below um, premise, but then inverting it immediately where the premise starts. So they give you, mm-hmm. they give you, 
later in the film, they'll tell you the backstory of why that you would be sort of put into the situation. That you know, yeah. we find out that they con people into doing this by destroying their vehicles consistently. Yeah, the um, the, the townsfolk have to. Um, send people to Willy's so the the animatronics can feed on them because they were all uh, like serial killers. The employees of Willy's were serial killers, and when they'd started to take families out and you know kill them, the police got involved. So all of these killers and in a satanic ritual uh, killed themselves, and supposedly their essences or souls or whatever you want to call it were then transported. Into these uh, human-sized, slightly slightly bigger than human-sized, in some cases, animatronics. Yeah, yeah, uh, which is an interesting premise. We don't find mm-hmm. out about that until sort of beginning of Act Three, I would say. Yeah, um, probably. Yeah, but yeah. So, so that's the idea. Um, so we basically get Nicolas Cage in there. Um, sorry, I had the synopsis open yeah there we go right so and then we cut to um live um mm-hmm. which is you know uh, uh a hispanic teenager um who is pouring gasoline on the front of willie's and is about to light it when the sheriff comes in and arrests her cuffs her drives her to a trailer home and then throws her in, locks her to the radiator, and yep. then they have a fuck you, bitch, I love you too, oh, I bet this is a mom-daughter thing, type thing. Yeah. Uh, but almost immediately after the sheriff leaves, um, uh, let's see, if we get this, uh, Chris, her friends Chris, Kathy, Aaron, Bob, and Dan uh, mm-hmm. come in and rescue her, and there's a lovely scene where all the boys are trying to find the keys the handcuffs in the flat or flat in the um in the trailer uh, to trailer yeah um including chris looking in the fridge f- for no reason and then commenting on it which is a nice mm-hmm. piece of writing because like you do see people <laughs> ransacking places looking in dumb places absolutely then, it, it maybe it did again bringing it back to that like video gamey kind of feel to it it did make me think of like a point and click adventure where you know you're pixel hunting across the screen, and they'll come up with ridiculous um, phrases because you've clicked on something that clearly isn't going to work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the yeah, so the kids, uh, you know, look around, and then meanwhile, um, Kathy uh, just crouches down, pulls a bobby pin out of her hair, and then picks the handcuffs. Mm-hmm. And then the boys are like, oh, okay, and then they leave. Uh, and then uh, they're all like, all right, well, are we going to do this? And then Liv is like, if we're going to do this, it's going to, what was it? Uh, it? It's not going to be for fun. It's, it's, it's no, it's going to be a mission, not a field trip, <laughs> which I thought was a very odd line that doesn't there's really a get... lot of There's a lot of odd sort of lines in this, yes, that don't kind of flow or really say anything. Yeah, <laughs> really. Uh, yeah, and it felt like it. Yeah, it feels like a lot of. I'm. Um, it sounds cool at the time, but like uh-huh. this makes you think they've done this type of thing before, and it's very clearly by clear shortly after this, and definitely by the end that no, this is they've never done other missions. They haven't been training. Uh, she's saying, "Be serious." Like yes. we're not doing this for fun, but she says it in a way that's very odd. Um, but yeah, so let's take a break, and actually we are. I sort of jump straight into the um, synopsis, but we actually, I forgot to ask, what do you think mm. of the movie? And there's a lot, now that we're sort of hitting a point of, well, the writing's kind of weak in some spots, I thought maybe let's take a step back and then you can just tell me what you thought of it overall first. Um, I mean, overall, it can probably be summed up very swiftly um, in that it's fun, but it has almost zero substance to it. Like, I enjoyed... It for what it is. I didn't need to, you know, I'm not delved deeper into why this has happened or want to know anything further about the characters or follow up on the story in any way. It was just, yeah, this, it's fun. It's stupid in a lot of senses. Um, we'll, we'll probably talk about Nick Cage's, uh, role as the silent protagonist 
as well, yeah. which I thought was a, a very good uh, move. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's it's just fun nonsense, really. I think that's a great way of putting it. Uh, there's so I had to bring up the synopsis because even with the few notes, like the notes, first of all, like usually when we do movies, I have like a couple pages of notes, and my notes mm-hmm. ended sort of like. Yeah, like, and that was being pretty judicious. Um, and yeah, I don't remember much. Mm-hmm. A day and a half later, kind of thing, because um, there's not much to remember, as you said. There's not a lot of Absolutely. substance, but it was real fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not condemning because it does what it's trying to do really well. It's just. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Uh, I really enjoyed it as well. Um, it's definitely not going to give you depth. Yes. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And I, I mean, rather than sort of getting back to the synopsis, perhaps. Mm. I mean, there's not not a, in, in terms of the the actual story that plays out, as we we're alluding to. You kind of get to the the second act um, when stuff starts to happen when when Nicolas yeah. Cage is then or his character is then fighting these animatronics and the kids break in to Willy's because they were going to set it on fire but they realize that someone is there so they uh, want to take pull him out before they set it on fire and it kind of goes wrong and they all end up inside right yeah and it's then just kind of like a bloodbath essentially um of Nicolas Cage uh very very timely in when he takes these well, animatronic so, uh, so, things out, which we'll, which uh, yeah. we can. I mean, we can so I was going to jump into that pretty quick here. Uh, did, the reason I wanted to get through the synopsis is just to get to a couple of the beats that become mm-hmm. sort of cyclical. Yeah. So um, while he's cleaning, um, sort of before Liv and, and them arrive. Uh, we get the first um, animatronic fight scene, which is with the ostrich. Yes, uh, and it's um, and it's. I think a lot of talk could happen at this moment because so much of the fights are very similar in theme and tempo. They're just in different locations and things, but yeah. it's actually quite tense. And you believe it's a fight scene when, uh, like the and he like he has his mop and then he has to break it in two and do like dual, two stick fighting and he's bopping this thing on the head but you feel like he's hitting the thing but mm-hmm. you also the filmmakers know how dumb it is because the first hits the thing like crop walks up to him and he's just staring at him and like again this is where it immediately leaves five nights at freddy's because like the movement's all in, in your face it's just it's just an ostrich walking up and he's been mopping and he just goes like like just it's still on the floor and he just like at an angle, goes boink, like just lets it swing into the guy, using, yeah. like using the floors like a fulcrum or whatever. And then it's like monsters doesn't do anything, so he just does it again, and and then it, and then it becomes kind of like a shovey thing. And then it's proper like he gets like the ostrich like swings its neck and cuts his cheek, and then and mm. then he's like ends up proper fight scene, ends up breaking it, and it's but like, you get a notion of like on set this is Nicolas Cage and a guy in a suit going bonk. <laughs> Bonk, bonk, and it's ridiculous, but it's all really well thought out angles so that you mm-hmm. kind of yes. after those that initial interaction, it's um, it really feels like it's a fight. I, I was totally immersed in the fight, mm-hmm. um, and it's like he's beating it up, and then he ends up like bashing its face in, and then pulling its long ostrich vertebrae out, and like he's just covered in this icorus oil, it like clearly blood surrogate for these things Mm -hmm. uh and it was a lot of fun um and he's like makes a few exclamations and at this point he hasn't said a word he's just you know he doesn't say what the fuck is this or my god he just like pokes it until it starts fighting him and then he just breaks it in half and then he puts on a fresh willy shirt bags the thing (laughs) and continues to work Yep. Um, yep. And, and he's got this. He has this routine, doesn't he? And I think uh, Tex says before he yeah, goes, he says it's important to take breaks. Yes. So um, Nick and Cage's can, character sets a timer on his watch, I guess. Yeah. Uh, or because I, I can't imagine he has a phone. It was a watch. Yeah, it, it was showed a watch. him initially set. Um, and as soon as his watch goes off, he takes a break and he goes yep. and gets one of his cans of. Punch. Pop or punch or, yeah, punch. It's literally called punch and it yeah. has a, a fist logo. Yeah. So he, the one thing he brings in besides his leather jacket, which he's wearing, 
is this hemp bag <laughs> full of pop that he uh, called punch um that he um took out of the the back seat uh, the trunk of his car the boot sorry mm. um and yeah he just immediately finds the fridge puts them in and then every break time he has one of those punches mm-hmm. um and it's very clearly that he is just doing the job of cleaning and taking breaks regularly because that's what he was told and that's how he gets his car back and that's it yep. and everything else is in the way of him doing that yes. animatronic comes and attacks him he'll kill it then immediately start cleaning it up and himself because that's what he's supposed to do until his watch goes off so he can take one of his frequent breaks mm-hmm. uh and it's such a good cyclical thing that they lean into at other times um like when he's like later in the film he's like uh him and liver about to confront something and his, his timer goes off and he's like just like reaches the pocket and hands her the knife he took off of her earlier yep and sort of like with a half shrug and then goes uh, uh and drinks his drink and one of the things he finds when he's cleaning is a willie's pinball machine in the kitchen mm-hmm. and that becomes his break room activity and it's it felt so much like whoever wrote this worked in one of these things and like that was their break room routine to just yeah, like absolutely yeah you have your ten, your fifteen minute break, and you you just go to the pinball machine with with a with a pop, and you just lose you lose yourself and pretend you're not in this dead end job, pun mildly intended. Um, and yeah, and it very much felt like that. And he like gets into it. He's like the more the night goes by, the more he's like reanimated when he's like playing the game and absolutely yeah it. yeah, uh, which is such a good way of keeping that loop interesting because mm-hmm. the whole point is. Like clockwork, he's going to be taking these breaks in the movie. Um, and then just so we can get moments like the one with him and Liv later on where it's a clearly about to be a fight. And he's like, well, I don't want to fight now. It's my break time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so he kills the ostrich. Uh, and then um, Liv climbs inside to find him. Yep. Uh, and... Um, while she's in the vents, he gets attacked by the gorilla in the um, in the bathroom. In the bathroom, yes. So yeah, so basically he see they, they, he like walks into the main area where like the stage where all the animatronics are, uh, and they just start playing their birthday song, and he turns it off, and then he goes into the bathroom, and written on the wall in very weird pseudo blood is like "It's your birthday, I'm gonna kill you" or something like mm-hmm. that. And then it, then he hears a voice saying, yeah, "Let's play hide and seek," and all the your uh, stall doors in the bathroom close and on the last one the gorilla swings from above which he would have been able to see yeah it it doesn't make sense he's like empty stall empty stall empty stall last stall is a double because it's a full like it because it's the handicapped area you but it's still stalls are only you know like five foot tall or whatever or six foot tall he kicks it open nothing's there and then the gorilla comes from above and like attacks him and you get this fight scene and this is the fight scene that i like really noticed how much it was like a man punching a rubber thing because the lighting was reasonably bright in the bathroom but yes. they were doing cuts and they were doing some lighting effects or whatever but it was just like i just sat there being like this would have been so fun to watch on set mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like so fun to watch nick cage just <laughs> these swinging these like like actually connecting with his haymakers instead of like play fighting because he's just punching a rubber thing right yeah yeah and you can see it like <laughs> and stuff like you could just see the connection you could see the ripples on the on, on the on the terrible animatronic it was just yeah it was a lot of fun to watch and he yeah, well, I, I think that point for me as well um you know there was this this idea that and you've seen other people in willies getting kind of like pulled away uh, like right at the start there's a couple in there that have obviously yeah. been duped into into being there and they're pulled away and they're killed um how easily he actually dispatches them. Obviously, we have no backstory for his character whatsoever. Yeah. We've got no idea about his capabilities. And he yet, just, we see him kind swinging. of take the, take the ostrich down, you know, quite proficiently with, yeah. uh, you know, a, a, a snapped-in-half broom handle. And then this big animatronic gorilla. And this is a guy in a, uh, uh, a more cartoony gorilla suit. Yeah. But also remembering that it is kind of animatronic. So... 
whilst the head, a gorilla's head might be this big, because it's then animatronic, it's kind of this big on top of a person. And it's quite a big thing. Yeah, and so it and has shoulders have, to match. So as well, it's got yeah. big shoulders, yeah, and long, big arms. And he just, uh, like, he gets thrown about a little bit by the gorilla, but he just, again, dispatches it so easily and brutally. Yeah, I was at like, the so this is, well. this is where, like I said, I could see how fun it was to watch the first parts of the, fun scene, uh, the, the fight scene, but I really loved how it ended because he fucking. Basically, curb stomps him on the urinal. Like, on the urinal. <laughs> places him, yep. like, mouth half open because he's an animatronic on the urinal, uh, and just, poof, stomps him and just breaks the guy's head open. It was like, mm. and then you see all the bloody spray of, of, of the oil, the ichor, et cetera. Uh, yeah, and then he bags that. Um, yep. but yeah, that was definitely at the point where it became very clear what this movie wanted to do, which was that, and basically only that. Um, <laughs> just ridiculous. And you're right. Like, the fight scenes aren't, like... It, always, it doesn't... You know, we don't get a backstory that he's an amazing guy. We get a... And we're not seeing in the fight scenes that he's doing anything beyond kind of just punching and kicking and... Yeah. Like, oh, I'm grabbing the guy. I know. I'll just throw him into this urinal. Oh, he's there now. It's, I'm going to stomp on exactly. him. Exactly. He's just brawling. Yeah. If he, he has, has no a, yeah. sort of fight style. He is just brawling with these things. That's a great... Yeah. It's instinctual brawling for mm. the most part. Um, and he says nothing and just bags it. Um, and, and again, this is also the moment when you're like, huh. So then Liv um, basically comes in uh, and she's chased by the alligator through the vents where mm-hmm. she was had come in by the roof. Uh, and that puts her into the weird siren, creepiest looking character for my money, uh, which is a more human-like figure of a pixie. Yeah, it's like a pixie, yeah. Yeah. Um, so thinner and not as cartoony. And then mm-hmm. when she does have a mouth, which she clearly didn't originally, and like big, big, big eyes, and then her mouth is all these weird, clearly CGI'd in or whatever, but like jaggedy. Big old um, teeth. Yeah, like yeah, black and, teeth of various and, angles. Again, she's the only character I think that's not in sort of a, a, a suit. Yeah, so it, it's, it's like a, a person in a cos- you know, in in tights and a top with then this head on top, almost, yeah. isn't it? Rather than a rather than a big suit. Yeah, and so she fights Liv. Um, Liv manages. Liv pulls this knife that we mentioned, which is like a flick knife, mm-hmm. and then um, the janitor saves her, uh, and then they, we get. We go to the kitchen and we get this huge info dump that you've sort of already given us here on the podcast. Of turns out this this happy go lucky fun time place was run by a serial killer who was just trying to train other serial killers, and mm-hmm. they were secretly killing people. And the police got wise and they boarded themselves up and killed themselves. And then they ended up when it was rebought by Tex, they were still killing people. And then the so they boarded the place up again. And, uh, but then if they weren't fed victims, they were leaving at night. So there was yes. basically like five nights of Freddy, but in town. Mm-hmm. So people randomly, like at the ice cream shop, at the blah, 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 here and there would just be found dead. And so the townspeople made this deal with them that they would find them victims to keep them sated. Yep. And so the couple at the very beginning in the sort of, um, cold open, uh, were, um, Liv's parents. Yes. Uh, and they were just amongst other people. We we get this the story of a bunch of different people getting the same similar story from Tex about wanting to reopen and you can do this. We'll, it'll take us some time to fix your car. Like clearly they had they settled on this spike strip story of the kids stealing the spike strip. Um, but they they had other you know there's hints at other ways of, yeah. of tricking people. Yeah. Just um, to just to touch on a point that you, you uh, made there, we we are shown that that Liv um, was. Like a victim, um, yes. she was brought in. Her parents were killed, but uh, there's lots of other scenes where kids are harmed and eaten and, and taken yes. away. Stuff, but Liv somehow managed to survive the night. Um, yeah, we're not sure how. We're not sure how, but I, I can see why they wanted to give Liv like a little bit more of a of a story. You know, she's the attachment first kind to the of, place. Yeah, yeah, she's the first kind of additional character that we're introduced to who will be part of this big kind of mess uh, and story kind of within willies 
for a reasonable amount. Um, unlike the other kids who she's obviously befriended over the years, uh, who she gets to come and try and help her, who then end up in Willie's. Yeah, and like she's clearly this is. I think that's why the mission not a not a field trip. This is personal to her because her parents yes. died there. Yep. It's not just trying to get rid of a big bad that's haunting the town. Mm-hmm. Um, and but also that determination. She's also clearly the leader of the pack, um, probably because she's bucking against her adoptive mom, the sheriff, and has gone through this trauma and has just a purpose when the rest of them are just kids in the shitty town. Yeah. yeah. Um, I liked that it was a diverse-ish cast. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and that they bought, like, they, you know, they, they made the, the, they were still playing the stereotypes. So there was the, so let's, like, jump to the little gang there, right? There's um, generic jock dude, didn't say much, um... Uh, there's um, the couple, which was the friend, the the friend who picked the lock. Yep, she's uh, clearly just like the blonde bimbo sort of dresses quite um, risque, uh, short skirt, you know, crop top, uh, blows bubble gum. You know, cl- like clearly they're saying trope, right? Because mm-hmm. she's blowing Absolutely. bubble gum all the time. Yep. Uh, and then they've got like uh, an African American dude with like um, I don't remember uh, like almost like cornrows, but they're in a I don't know actually know if there's still cornrows with the, um, the sort of style of them coming every which way. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're a couple, uh, and he's he's the voice of reason, like the no, this is dumb character. Yeah. Like we're not going in there; people die there. This is dumb. This is dumb. But also, he they become the couple who are so horny and turned on by the danger that they go to the kill room, mm. and we know it's the kill room because that's what, we got that in the info dump from Liv. And even when she's like, I think was like she notices the alligators there, and she's like, "Has that always been there?" And like. Um, and he's like, yeah, don't worry about it. So, and then she's like, I think he's watching us. And she's riding him this entire time. Yep. Uh, and he's like, yeah, so give him a show. Like, he just clearly wants to get laid or finish getting laid. And the it, voice of like, reason until sex is on offer. Yeah, which... Like, it's just... Yeah. Yeah. I thought was a very clever way of doing both those tropes. Because usually it they're is. separate characters. And it, it, and it also sort of speaks a bit more to, I think, like the age of the characters. Obviously, these are all played by older people probably in their early 20s but i would they're think supposed to be they're like 16 meant to be 17. 16 18 kind of thing yeah 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 i think you're right um yeah because like they're surprised one of them smokes weed um, yes yeah right? like you get that, i felt like that was a like almost an infantilizing not just you're you're a square but like it it's 2021 like mm. um, even if you're not into it, you've probably tried it before at this point, yeah. I think, with all the places it's legal, etc. Um, you got Chris, who's obsessed with Liv and is just her puppy dog and does whatever she says mm-hmm. and like, will support her no matter what. And he's the one who, when she says, I'm going in there, he's like, yeah, guys, she's going in there. Um, but also when um, he hears her scream, he's immediately like, we have to go there and, in there and save her. Yep. Uh, and that's what gets all the kids in there because the roof basically collapses and they all fall into the ball pit. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was a nice touch. Yep. Um, a soft landing for them so they could be brutally taken apart later. later on. Yeah. Uh, and I had noted or in an earlier scene, I'm like, a ball pit in the restaurant area? That's just not how this thing would be designed. And I was like, <laughs> oh, it's because they want them in the same room as all the animatronics. Yep. Gotcha. Uh, it was just really dumb. I was like, really? Moving like, oh, I get it. It just ended up being Chekhov's ball pit. Like, just yes, like this yeah, is going to be yeah. like like this. The, no one would have designed this unless the ball pit was integral at some point. Um, and then you've got the other two guys, like I said, the sort of more nerdy looking uh, African American guy who didn't have many lines at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the like j- jock guy in in that he was uh, he sort of g- give his role seemed to be give Chris a hard time. Yes, yeah. And posture about things. Mm-hmm. But he again, he had so few lines. I wouldn't be surprised if on the cutting room floor he had a lot more lines that played into that trope because it it very much was... It was very clear that all these characters, including Liv, she's the badass um, final girl, right? Like, that's her trope. Um, mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, she survives. Um, but, well, like, yeah, it, so it was very clear that they were doing these tropes. Yes, and, and again, so, it's interesting that when the... 
Like when the killing starts, the, the the first person to go quite often in these films is the the posturing jock kind of guy. You know, more often in a lot of these films, he's sort of he's bigger and stockier, and he's a football player, all that kind yeah. of thing. And in this, <laughs> even without a lot of lines, yeah. he is the first to kind of well, to go. So. Yeah, I mean, so it's a little. Uh, it's it, it, you. It, I think often it's that or the person of color and i thought mm. they like played both tropes in the right order because shortly after that the two black guys die basically yes. um uh but in between we also get like kathy dying and this other dying, guy dying first so it like when you're playing into those tropes but they're problematic it you need to make sure you aren't just doing the problematic thing and i was like Ah, really? They kill them that soon, but then almost almost all the kids die really quickly, except for yeah, Chris yeah. is the one that lasts a bit longer, and the rest are pretty much. It's pretty much just this like act two is like the kids come in, they all die, mm-hmm. um, and then then the the townspeople discover things, and we move into act three. But yeah, so I thought like it made up for the fact that it was pretty much like jock guy, black guy, black guy, and then the girl, and then um, Chris, because it was like all within like 10 minutes maybe yes yeah um but yeah you're right like so they, they're definitely were doing tropes and that included order of death and type of death like the the surprise from behind even though they know willis is haunted mm-hmm. and apparently it's live saw the animatronic kill people but she was a child like you, you get the sense that everyone knows something weirds about it and people go missing but they don't really know or believe that it's actually robots mm-hmm. right but yeah, so the first guy dies because they're in the room, and then the knight character just fucking stabs him. Just runs him through the sword. It's a very large sword as well. It's a mm-hmm. very large sword, yeah. Um, and uh, look, again, we're saying all of these different kinds of characters about the knight, the, the yeah. pixie, willy weasel. Like uh, yeah. there's a, a, I don't know what what it is it like an octopus kind of oh that thing, thing. With, with the big tongue. It's not an octopus with arms. What is it? I don't know. That's it's the one that like tries to charm Chris. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's such a weird mix of of things. Uh, yeah, and, you know, generally um, from from what I know of kind of like American culture and seeing it in other um, you know shows and, and, and touch points for for other things, uh, they're generally themed right. These places they're generally themed about something. So I guess like Chuck E. Cheese would be hanging out with all of his animal buddies. Um, Oh, it's Cami Chameleon. Oh, it's a chameleon. That yes, okay, yeah. that makes sense, right? Yeah, uh, but yeah, a, a chameleon, a knight, a pixie, a weasel, a gorilla. Like, yeah. They just they just grabbed things out of out of nowhere, which is which I think is very funny. It being here is one of these kinds of restaurants, but we've got no theme. It's just a bunch of stuff. Come and yeah, hang out. so uh, that was one of the production notes I read. Was originally let's see if I can get these right. Mm. Uh, in the original script, it was Barry Bear, Douglas Dog, Pirate Pete, Polly Penguin, and Regina Rabbit. Okay. So more, kind of more like mammal friendly ish. Uh, but then it was Gus Gorilla, Artie Alligator, Nighty Night, Tito Turtle, and Cami Chameleon replaced all of those. Right. So then the but the pixie was always there, mm-hmm. um, and obviously the weasel and the ostrich. Apparently, but yeah, it, 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 I like that it's so ragtag. Um, yeah, I think I think that what they realized is by not like because I think the dog, the bear, uh, especially, and the weasel all would look very similar mm. in these dark fight scenes. And actually, what we got like like the fight scene when Nicolas Cage kills the gator because there's this the gator's the one that kills the couple, yes. and then when they they when He's Nicolas like Cage feasting comes on them, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. When Nick, Nicholas Cage and Liv sort of find them, uh, he like does the jaw ripping thing mm. because that's what like that he's like it tries to jaw- bite him and he's like ah oh, I'm holding onto it. It's like oh but this is an animatronic so it doesn't have the jaw power of an alligator so I could just and then he gets sprayed with the icor like yes yeah and I, I imagine some of those changes between the original um, kind of animatronics they were thinking about as well like how do you have that hook to their sort of to their death because the chameleon has a long tongue and, and shoots yeah. that out of people so Nicolas Cage gets this big 
a flexible pipe to sort of uh, strangle it with. It rips the crocodile's um, or alligator, crocodile alligator, rips yeah. its, its mouth open. Uh, it stabs the knight, it cut, chops the knight's head off with the sword. You know, yeah. it uses its own, their own sort of weapons and, and their means Methods. of killing people yeah. on them themselves. So yes, I, I guess that in the original kind of sort of like, well, it's a bear, so it's just a big I th- yeah, I assume it was just kind so, of like I, I wouldn't be surprised if the script was just like fight scene, and then in mm-hmm. in like rewrites and and production is like, oh, we can actually do a theme here and make them a little more poetic in in how the, he responds to them. Yes, because um, like the ostrich, like the gorilla, he brutally kills. Like a gorilla would, was trying to brutally hit him, but the ostrich was kind of just a fight. Um, mm-hmm. But. Um, so one thing uh, I think, yeah, so, so he, he sort of just carves his way through, um, then, uh, but Chris, who hasn't quite died yet, calls 911 and the, the sheriff has called for backup from a local state trooper. Yeah. Cause she's worried about something happening tonight, but she's like, it's very odd. So this is one of those disconnect moments, right? So she's like. Uh, he's like, you want you like this town is tiny. Why do you need backup tonight of all nights? And she's like, and then we're just sitting around. And she's like, just don't worry about it and collect your double overtime. Uh, and he, and then the phone rings. And it's Chris, and he's like, we we invaded the like we went into Willie's. And she's like, well, you make your bed, you lie in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he calls again and says, lives in here and in trouble. That's why we came in, and she's like, ah, fuck my daughter, right? Um, and then she's like, but then it's like, okay, so if you were worried about something happening at Will- Willie's, you needed backup, but actually you weren't worried about something happening at Willie's because you weren't answering the phone? Yeah, she, she Like, I didn't know why she, why, why she called for the backup at all. She mentions a curfew as well. So I guess that, that you know, the town has then this idea that, that that once someone is put into Willie's, that the rest of the town is under curfew, that no one leaves their houses, they don't go outside, the thing happens at Willie's with whatever victims they put in, and then the town kind of goes back to normal for however long that cycle kind of happens. Yeah. But, it, yeah, we're not sort of treated to any um, additional exposition in terms of this is something she, she always calls for backup just in case they need to round people up in different locations to send them back home. Um, whether yeah, this is just, sort of a new like, thing and why she felt the need to do it. Yeah, we're, we're, cause, a, apart from placing another person at the end or yeah. towards in the third act to remove Liv from the situation, there's yeah. no reason for him. Yeah, it's, it felt very awkward. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, um, so let's put ourselves in the sheriff's point of view, right? She's like, okay, Liv was trying to burn the place down. I cuffed her to the radiator. Then I went on my shift. Yep. Um, so she doesn't know the kids are trying to do mm-hmm. this. She knows Liv has this idea, but the, it doesn't seem like any indication the kids generally have yep. this idea. Uh, and Liv is, according to her knowledge, trapped. So then the curfew doesn't make sense because it's not a concerted kid thing she's trying to catch before it happens. Yes. And if it wasn't to do with, like, if it was just a regular night of curfew, then would they be, why would they just be sitting by the phone and not patrolling? Mm-hmm. It just, it doesn't make sense, right? It's just getting another body to, to deal with live for a few scenes. Yep. Um, and also, I think, to, to facilitate the, okay, the live's in trouble and now we gotta go. And on the drive over, that's where we get the, town making the deal about the sacrifices yes in that's true it's yeah yeah she has someone to tell that to yeah yeah so yeah she and, and, but again up. again she brings this guy in why is she giving him this story yeah i i mean just be murders. like no we just gotta go come on yeah it's it's it it, it felt re- really weird and he's too calm <laughs> yeah like he's he takes it in stride like oh yeah satanic animatronics Satanimatronics. Yeah, rather than being like, right, uh, I think we need to call for much more backup to come and deal with all of you people. Or, you're a fucking lunatic. What do you mean, Satanimatronics? This is insane. Mm. Right? Um, so they get there, and uh, Lund sees that... She sees that a couple of them are dead, but she can't process that 
this might be a way out of their problem. Yes, yeah. Which I think was a like a it, it's very obstinate, but also a very human. Nope, this is this is what's keeping things safe. I just need to make sure this deal is on the table. I thought it was really well played because it could mm. easily be feel forced and be like, well, this is dumb. But I felt like I could see this character having that tunnel vision. Yes, definitely. Um, so then uh, she gets dude guy state trooper to cuff live and take her back to the station and throw her in a cell uh and meanwhile she uh ties i would i guess it, i thought it was cuffs but it turns out it must have been a zip tie mm-hmm. uh, for the janitor nick cage's character um behind his back and then she's like i'm sorry you just had to die etc and then like leaves and she's now parks she's in the parks truck just watching the door to make sure that nothing else funny happens and, and basically is there to, watching overnight. Um, and then, so then, I can't remember the order, but basically um, the turtle escaped and was hiding in the car uh, and attacks them. Attacks uh, Liv and the state trooper. And the, yeah. and the state trooper, yeah. And so they're like X miles away when um, she you know pulls a shotgun on him. That doesn't work. Uh, but then kind of like also just sort of brawl beats him. Yeah, and again, after this sort of turtle character, animatronic has pulled the state trooper out of the car and uh, inflicted Beaten enough him. damage on him that he, he dies. Uh, well, he's, not, he's, he's not quite dead, right? Because you can see his breath. Mm. Yeah, I like, don't know whether that was intentional or not. Though. I think it was just, just by the way the lighting night. was. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, but he was clearly out of commission. Yes, yes, and yeah, Liv just just beats this turtle character down by continually um, hitting it in where its genitalia would be if it was a human. Yeah, which exactly was a bit strange. And there's, there's the occasional moment in this where these animatronics almost plead for their lives as well, which I think is a nice. It's kind of a nice touch to say it's not just a robot. Right, this isn't just an animatronic. We 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 are it's leaning soul into in the yeah. idea that it has got a person kind of within it doing this. So the gorilla says a couple of things. Um, the, the the turtle um, he just keeps uh, um, just saying no more, please, no more, please. Um, when she's when she's battering him and stuff. So there's a there's a, a few sort of moments like that which do pull you into that kind of direction. But yeah, again, just dispatched it pretty swiftly. Handily, yeah. Um, and and she, she heads off, and it's like, but the thing is, she doesn't beat it to death. You don't have that like icor blow True. up thing. Yes, yeah. Um, and she just like, okay, uh, it's not coming at me. I'm gonna go back to to Willie's. Uh, and then we cut to Nick Cage standing there, and then Cami Chameleon, the one with the tongue, and Siren Sarah, I think it is the the pixie. You know, one of them says, "How about a threesome?" And then they're both mm. like, uh, there to to attack him. Um, and he kind of just owns them. But yep. again, just, just beats them. And like, I like that his hands are behind his back and he's like, he does like kind of like the, the James Bond Russian, like, uh, female villain kill of like straddling her face and suffocating her. Yeah. Yeah. Squeezing in between the thighs. Sort of thing. Yeah. Until yeah. she stops struggling and you have like, and again, because she's just a face with a human body. When her like legs are kicking, it's like actual. It feels more visceral because uh, yeah, it's like oh, that's yeah. someone being. You can't see the like the part of her that shows she's clearly a robot is being covered by him. So it's just this like you get, even though it's not. It's a nice change of pace of feeling like well cut punching mm-hmm. and like viscera, making you feel in the scene to this being like a very different way of feeling. Like this th- this thing is dying. It's a thing that is dying. It's not just turning off a machine. Um, yeah, uh, so, um, yeah, then, um, what does he do? He swaps shirts, bags the two more robots, and then he opens the door to, throws a bag, the bag in the dumpster, and then the, the sheriff wakes up, drags him back in, uh, and again, now it's, like, just Willie. He's the mm-hmm. last one, as far as we know, right? Like, and she sees the, 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 the concert room is empty except for Willie, uh, and she starts yelling, you know, or no, the concert room's empty. Willie's nowhere to be seen. Yes. And she's yelling, come get him, come get him. I'm so sorry this screwed up. Be like, just, just in desperation to protect her town. Uh, 
and then Willie shows up behind her and she like like does a half back like like a look and is surprised and with one swipe he tears her in two pieces. <laughs> Brilliant. Just rips her in half from the waist yeah. up, yeah. Uh that's great. And then and then Nick Cage like stares at him and then just snaps mm. the zip tie, which he could have done in the previous two on one fight. It's like what? Um yeah, and so and then and then they have a fight scene which was okay. Mm-hmm. It's pretty brawly, and I like that it didn't make it any different than the other ones. It didn't. I mean, it, it, he did take um, the janitor character did take more of a beating, I think, from Willie. Yes. He, he he's obviously shown a little bit to be more powerful. He's he's bigger. Yeah. He's sort of like a head taller than any of the other ones as well. Um, good reach. A good re- big big sort of weaselly arms, which have obviously yeah. got kind of claws on the end because. You get a lot of swipes and a lot of three claws rips yeah. along the, the the t-shirts and stuff. So. Yeah, mm. yeah. So you took damage, and like earlier in the film, we kind of glossed over this, but every time he was injured, which was only basically the first couple of fights, he was using duct tape to cover things up. Yes, um, and then and which I thought was a nice touch of janitor. That's what I have around. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah. So he gets beat up, but like it wasn't outside of being hit more. It was just a, a brawl. Another brawl, right? It just was more of a back and forth brawl. But it wasn't like the weasel was again this amazing. Like he, the, I think the point is like Willie or whoever the original guy was was like a, an evil person who was training people to be evil, and that his evil wasn't even when he became supernatural. He was just still like just a normal guy who killed people rather than yeah. any kind of yeah. He, he doesn't have any sort of like fighting ability. Yeah, it's, it's not just, like he's like it's somehow, like if I. If I got in a big suit that, that had giant claws and I went to fight someone, I'm like, well... I'll just swipe at you. Just swipe yeah. at them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah. And so, we, we lo- Willie dies um, uh, via, via decapitation of ripping, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then we cut, basically cut to the morning and the... Uh, the, uh, it's a nice touch. So they the mechanic brings squeals and donuts in the car, and he reveals that he's handing it off to the to Tex as like part of their deal. Yep. Um, which doesn't really make sense because I don't know what the dude's getting out of this. Well, I guess he got paid to fix I guess. it. I guess. Yeah, it's unclear, but he's just like another one for your collection, and then the janitor like. Like, they open the door and everything's clean, and there's mm. no animatronics, and everything's... Like, the whole place is clean. They're like, what the fuck? And then, like, Nicholas Cage just opens his hand for the keys, and they're like, I, I guess? Yeah. Uh, and then that's when Liv, like, wanders up. Well, they have... Yeah, they have the, the realization, don't they? Tex and the, and the mechanic, they have kind of, like, the realization themselves that it's over. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah... That they so, can they can do something else. Oh, like, oh, maybe I will open it up again. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have to go back a second. The final fight scene. Nicholas Cage prepares for it by grabbing his mop, two mop sticks, taping them together, and then putting all his oh, spare cans into yes. the hemp bag. And then he basically just has a, ba- a sack of oranges and a stick. Right, yep. like he's just fucking whatever. And he and you can see him like walloping with these cans i thought for sure one would break or something and they like they might show but no no punches wasted uh but it's literally a bag of punch um which i thought was a nice touch but yeah he then leaves with his bag of punch Mm -hmm. and that's when liv shows up and again i see the trope of i guess they're escaping together yep uh i don't didn't find it that great and there was like some male gazy camera panning Mm -hmm. which was awkward because it's like you said earlier she's like it seems like they're pitching these kids as 16 17 maybe 18 but also nicholas cage is very old at this point yes uh, and i think it helps that this drifter janitor character is kind of a little beaten up looking like a little more bags under the eyes um mm-hmm. especially because he's just brawling but then for him to just like take this girl well he he kind of he doesn't does he he gives a she, he kind of like looks at her and then gets in the car and she just sort of gets in yeah, I, with I, I, him. Like, I feel like it's towing a line there that mm. like is trying to play to the trope of yeah, and then the girl goes get like goes away with the hero sort of thing. But yeah. it just 
it felt weird, I think, just because of the age disparity and the fact that one thing we've totally glossed over, which I didn't mean to, but you mentioned earlier, Nicolas Cage doesn't speak in this movie. Yes. <laughs> we forgot to say that earlier. We were going to... You mentioned it, and we were going to run, run around to it. But yeah, and I think that's one of the best decisions of this film. Oh, absolutely. Um, yep. It's so good, and he's one of the few actors who... I'm pretty sure that's what... Because it's a small film, right? I'm pretty sure that's what why he took the role, mm. not just money. Because I doubt they could have paid him that that much. But like, what an interesting acting challenge! Like, yeah, and it's absolutely. not that he's mute because he yells a lot. Mm-hmm. Like in the fights, he's yelling and, and like, ah, yeah, 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 very much like brawling, yelling, or yelling in pain. He just doesn't talk outside of that at all. The info dump of Liv, um, she's like, you you gonna say anything? Nothing. Mm. The uh. Right, the last break, he he like dances along and kind of cheers to himself, which is a great little montage moment of um, of his break, and he's like totally into it. Like like that that loop of him getting more and more into the pinball game ends with this like literally like as the song ends, he like goes yeah and like punches the air as mm-hmm. if it, he was hearing the song. Um, stuff like that is really good. It shows that he has the character has shows more emotion without ever talking. Mm. Um, and like, he like clearly goes like, ah, after the punch, um, stuff like that is just, I thought so well done. And like, yeah, like you said, at the final scene, he just kind of like gets in the car and then his response is like, I guess you're in the car now. And then mm-hmm. he cracks the punch and then goes to drink it and then looks at her and then gives it to her. And I felt like that was, that helped it because it's a little more like not paternalistic, but paternal, like, like in yeah. the sense of like. You might need some, like, here, have it. Um, and then, then we cut to them driving off and we never see them, you know, sort of again. We do see them for one more scene. Oh, right, right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the turtle's not dead. Mm-hmm. The turtle who lived, didn't kill is not dead. Um, but very much is when they um, run him down. Yeah, they, they, just, don't they see him in the road. Don't specifically run him down. Don't chase him down. He's just walking up the road. They're coming the other way. And, and just they just keep smash going. into him and keep going. Yeah. Um, and there's one more scene with Tex and the mechanic yeah. as well that um, the pixie somehow survived and climbs out oh, of the dumpster. Was... Yeah. She, and she seemed kind of half like, yeah. beat up, but like not Very dead. beat up. Um, and then she explodes the car that Tex and the mechanic get into, exploding herself in the, yeah. in, in the same explosion. And um, it kind of neatly ties the story up like there are yeah, no survivors dead. apart yeah. from nick cage and Liv, and they are driving off into the sunset so yeah. like everyone else who has some kind of involvement within this is now gone also uh so like that scene she she had seen the gas cans lying around and she like oh yes. poured more yeah, yeah. on she poured it on their car which is why their car explodes mm-hmm. when she lights it because she's like just basically on the on the trunk and just is like it's your birthday or whatever she yeah, says. Yeah, I thought I thought she was going to be in the car, but yeah, I did too. Yeah. But yeah, and you you think that too because you they see her in the rear view, but she's just yes. through the wind, the back screen. Um, so she blows it up, but then it, when it cuts to Nicolas Cage driving off, you see a huge fire in the back, and you get the sense that the whole building exploded after you, the car. You see fire in his in his glasses. Uh, his he's driving the other way. It's like reflected in his sunglasses. It's from the yeah, it's like reflected from the. It must like it's like you do the math, and you're like so behind him it exploded, and the explosion's hitting the rearview mirror, which is then hitting his sunglasses in order for this to make sense. And it's like such a hilariously complicated, dumb, amazing shot. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's very good. Um, but yeah, so performance-wise, I mean, most people are playing tropes, so it's hard to tell. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and how much of it the wooden acting is wooden on purpose? Uh, I thought Liv, who had the most to say, mm-hmm. was pretty pretty solid. Yeah, um, yeah, they clearly like cast a lead, like an an actor of, of a certain caliber. The the Sheriff was also very good. She was very believable in the bits that needed to be, like her desperation, her mm-hmm. calling out for Willie. You, you kind of felt like you got where her position was. The two dudes who set things up but were kind of killed comically were more tropey, and I think that made sense. Yeah, definitely. So hard, yeah. Uh, and, of course, Nicolas Cage just, like, for, for a zero words role, just fucking owned the entire movie. Um, and almost all of the deaths were from him just punching and kicking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
it yeah i loved it i thought it was, it was very good uh if i didn't have that um synopsis i think I wouldn't have been able to say much as far as what happened, except <laughs> for like some cool deaths. I would have been like, I would have talked about how the fight scenes felt visceral, mm-hmm. despite being a guy in punching him, and that there were certain scenes where they wanted you to remember that this was filmed. It felt like, and it would have been funny to see while also making you feel like these things were actually happening. Yeah, and they they did. Um, uh, we we did touch on it a little bit earlier, but the the kind of the way that. They were choreographed and shot. You know those those camera angles. Yeah. They also threw in a few different effects. Like there's a lot of lens flare yeah. in some of these kind of cutting shots between scenes. So um, I can't remember which which animatronic he's fighting, but it kind of it shows him kind of like moving, and there's lots of lens flare coming yeah. in when he's moving. And then it will be a slightly darker but purposefully kind of lit scene of him back, you know, wailing yeah. on the on the thing and then lens flare in a in a, not quite a transit transition sort of scene but when when there's movement or something else and you don't need to focus on anything really they'll kind of throw this little effect in and i, I thought it was whilst it wasn't necessarily needed it's a nice little touch just to give you a um slightly a slightly different focus I think, yeah, uh, and very much pulls it a bit more into that kind of um, actiony. Like this is the action scene now. We, we, we're, we're very much giving you effects and things to show that this is the action and this is what's going to be going on. Yeah, and then a lot of the other scenes were quite still. So when yeah, I was going to say that's a really good. Yeah, they, they're very still. And then there's a a, a, a a few shots cut together very quickly after a fight where he is cleaning rapidly, and it will be like. Lots of very yeah. specific um, close-up shots of his hand just scrubbing something or spraying something. Yeah, and they they use that sense of motion and that speed in the editing in the cuts versus the slower still scenes very well to give you that sense of um, kind of motion, the passage of time. Yeah, and, but also how frantic things are as well. Um, and I think it's edited very well to set the tone of each of those scenes. Yeah, I think you're bang on with that. It's edited and the cinematography is done so well because, mm. yeah, the dynamic scenes are either montages of cleaning, <laughs> yeah. which which are done where the cuts are very like, almost metronomically timed. Like it's very much yes. like yeah, they this are, scrub yeah. for like this shot of him cleaning for X seconds, then a new shot of him cleaning also for X seconds. Yep. Right, um, and and you get the sense that it's just the time is quick is passing, and then we cut to him on a break. Yeah, and we have several moments in the film of these montages of him cleaning, then going over on a break, and the break is similarly like interspersed shots of him at various parts of his break, and then it's over, and then he goes back to cleaning or wandering or fighting, but the fight scenes are frenetically cut. Right, mm, it's like yes, bash bash cut. Bash, 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 cut. Like, you don't know when it'll cut next, but you know it'll be pretty frequent cuts between mm. different angles of the fight. Yeah, that's a really good observation. Um, it, yeah, and you're right. So it's like, and then the rest of the film, especially like when people are wandering or talking, is like maybe a slow pan of people mm. walking through a room. Yeah. But other than that, it's almost all static shots um, of just people talking and the, the people doing all the dynamics. And so mm-hmm. you, the yeah, the, the editing and the filming is is very much like in the back seat until it needs to either show he's rolling through or something really like intense is happening and that makes you double down on the intensity yeah yep cool um yeah do you have any other thoughts uh no i don't think so uh i i think i just finish as i started by saying it was it's fun nonsense Uh, yeah it's it's a you know where we've um, covered a couple of, say, more sort of B movie style films like Psycho Gorman or something. It's yeah. very sort of genre specific, and and you like that kind of film if you enjoy that kind of genre, uh, or you enjoy you know B movies and that sort of thing. Where I think with this, it's 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 very very easy to watch. And yeah, even if you just... don't know all these tropes that it's playing, in, you don't really need to. It no, doesn't completely. change. Your... You could you could yeah. just spend a very enjoyable hour and a half and just go. That was just fun. You don't need to be invested. You don't need to be involved. It is it is just a good little watch. Yeah, and it, and it washes over you, like you said at the be- mm-hmm. near the beginning. Uh, it's not it's not a movie that um, 
you need to really pay much attention to, and there's not a lot that you can sort of pay attention to outside mm. of what's happening in the moment, and that's great. Um, it it's a it would be a good hangover movie. Yeah, you can definitely. Kind of yeah. tune in and out of it. It's like that type of movie where it's just fun to watch, easy to watch, entertaining. The fight scenes are ridiculous, but also brutal. Like it, that's probably the highlight of the film, besides Nicolas Cage's acting and like the the funny premise is like mm-hmm. is that that it does toe the line between ridiculous men fighting puppets and feeling like they're the real fights. Yes. And I think that's what sells most of it. Like mm-hmm. is that that they manage to with that editing, with that filming, um, with the commitment by the actors, like really sell. That this is a dangerous position, yeah. While also never making you feel like it's not like they gave CGI powers to anyone, really, mm-hmm. which I think yes. is smart. Like the one superpower is the chameleon's tongue that wraps around Chris's head when he's not suspecting it, mm-hmm. and it's just literally like another piece of animatronics puppetry. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I think yeah. So I mean, that's all I need to say as well. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a it's a recommend to me from me. It's a recommend for Ben. Yep. Um, great. Um, so that's been us for this week. Um, it's Tuesday today. Normally I'm mm-hmm. doing first looks, but, um, we, we did a bit of a scheduling shakeup, but, uh, Geek Out Weekly is filmed live before an internet audience on Mondays at noon, British Standard Time. Uh, the other main podcast of the network is, of course, Tanked Up, the podcast all about craft beer and video games, um, which is eight o'clock British Standard Time. Um, Wednesdays at noon. Um, Tuesday, Tuesdays tanked up. Tuesdays. No, I was saying Tuesdays is eight, but then Wednesdays at noon. You do ah, your thing. Yes, I was on um, your thing. Yes. Well, our thing now. Our thing um, yes, of, yeah. of having a look at um, maybe some multiplayer games, seeing what we can kind of uh, um, play together for a reasonable uh, lunch couple break, hours. Uh, a couple of hours or an hour sort of thing. At the moment, we're playing Destiny Two. We're going to continue that. Uh, tomorrow, maybe yeah. dive into some PvP stuff, which is something we haven't explored, or I, I haven't explored at least, um, with with you. Yeah. Um, so we're going to do that tomorrow, and then maybe move on to something else, a new yeah. game the the week after. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then on Fridays at eight ten thirty, uh, Radari, uh, I believe he might be coming back this week because uh, he had um, to take a couple of weeks off, but mm-hmm. he does the Insomnia stream, um, which is. Game of his choice, late at night. So our one of our few evening spots. Um, other than that, you can catch us at articles, VODs, uh, podcasts at outoflives.net. Uh, our YouTube channel is Out of Lives Network. Just search that. Um, you can follow us at Out of Lives Net mm-hmm. on Twitter. Uh, email the podcast at podcast at outoflives.net. And catch Ben at Nova underscore 47. Myself at The Omniarch. Uh, and... That, I think, is all the plugging. Yes. Um, so this has been us for another week. I've been Adil. I'm always Ben. Bye. See ya. www.outoflives.net